Support for For The Players, the pop culture as PlayStation podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FTP at au.manscaped.com. If my math is correct, and it might just be, that's about 8 million balls. For the players, the pop culturist PlayStation podcast is fueled by The Man Shake. I lost 30 kilos in 10 months using this meal replacement shake. If you want to support the show and Max and my weight loss journey, or to even start your own, click the link in the description below. The Man Shake. Real blokes, real results. For the players. I'm Ryan Betson, and today I am joined by a special guest. His name is Paul James Games. Hey, hey, Patch. How you doing, man? I'm it's good doing to be back. I'm doing I'm doing well, but hang on, I gotta do something. This is for the players, the pop culturist PlayStation podcast with over 40 years of playing PlayStation and near on 10 years in that games media combined. I'd like to thank you for joining us in this PlayStation conversation. This is where Max only jumps in, but he's not here. So uh this this PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on your podcast services, 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you want to, uh, if you want to join the conversation, you can. Social medias, uh, I'm, I've already blown it out. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, Twitter, all the links are in the description below. If you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopculturist where you can watch us record this show live. We can jump in the chat and you can become part of the show. If you want to support the show, tell your friends, tell your family about this PlayStation pod uh if you are listening to this on podcast services be sure to give us a five star rating and a written review which you can now do on spotify uh if you are on youtube be sure to like subscribe the comment below i endeavor to answer every single comment and if you want to support us financially you can at uh <laughs> at patreon.com slash the pop culturist as well as our merchandise store bacostacom slash shop we buy shirts other assorted shit with our logos on it or you can help support the brands that help support us just like manscaped Head over to au.manscape.com. Use the promo code FTP. Get yourself 20% off uh, and free worldwide shipping. We'll get to that a little bit later. How are you, Paul? I'm going well. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been able to trot the most recurring guest line out, but here we are and I'm reoccurring once again. It has been a damn, damn while. Uh, I guess there was more of the players recently when we spoke about um, extraction. But yeah. in terms of the core episode, it's been a... Oh pre-pandemic even yeah well, it's been a hot minute so max has been pretty good on on his attendance uh for those playing yeah. at home max is off uh on well he's on sick leave for this recording uh he's got himself a second round of gastro he had gastro and then it went away for a couple of days and then it's like well fuck you and it came back even harder his body uh, decided he didn't shit himself hard enough and so yeah. gotta go again his body's like well um, flush it all out I'm like oof, bold strategy cotton but uh but we've been dubbing him josh 2.0 in a in a separate chat yeah. And what disappoints me most is that he hasn't taken Josh's lead. Josh would miss episodes from time to time and I would come Bradburying in. Um and he's not done any of that until tonight. No so Josh, he- fake some sickies, all right? Anything. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it is one of those I things. Like he's, yeah, his attendance has been pretty good. Like it's it's been nothing to complain about. But as you said, it has been a very long time since we've seen you on a mainline show, Padge. So what's been going on? How have you been doing all the things? I mean, much the same as you, really. Like been smashing out podcasts, making them, listening to them, watching them, writing reviews for Player Two, all sorts. It's it's been a busy few years, I suppose. Yeah. It feels weird. Like we've been talking more often than this, so it's weird to be talking about my last few years with you. It does <laughs> anyway. feel super weird. Like when you, because when you say it's been years, that is baffling to me. But it's also yeah. very likely that it has been. Like, yeah, I reckon it. Just, I can't think of the last time outside of yeah the extraction, more the players debut recently. Yeah, fitting that I was there for the debut. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just making it my goal this year. It's 2022 that I'm just going to... I don't have my own PlayStation show again at the moment, but I'm just going to take over everyone else's. Buddy, I've ticked him off. Bang. Um, <laughs> Pop C, bang. Explosion Network, they think they're the greatest show in the Oceanias, but I'm going to walk in and dominate that show one day. Dylan, you're probably listening and you've decided that's it. Paul's not on the show. I can respect Blacklisted. That. Instantly. <laughs> Instantly canned. Can't yeah. give me the trio, so that's it. It's over. <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, no, look, that's a pretty good run. If you're gonna if you're gonna bomb all the PlayStation shows, like you need to literally bomb all the shows. So yeah, so there 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 is that. But go hard or go home. That's it. That's it. Well, yeah, look, my week my week has been okay. I have not been shitting myself like Max has, which is certainly a big thumbs up for me. Uh, other than that, it's just kind of been work. Work has been really really busy. I've been looking at a new site, so I've been off tape measuring buildings and looking around and going, hmm, yeah. Some, oh, Is this hmm. another new one? Like, you've already got the one in the northern suburbs. Uh, so, so Northcote or whatever? Yeah, so we've got sites. So for those who don't know, um, for anyone that's new that's attending, I work for, I helped uh, found and build a company called Genu Gamer. It's a game, it's a uh, series of programs that assist youth and young adults uh, with a, with uh, a, a, ASD, so it's the Autism Spectrum Disorder, uh, mental health challenges or ADHD. Uh, we use uh, gaming hobbies to assist them in, re- in building their socialization skills and personal skills and understanding the world around them. Um, and we've had a pretty good run at it so far. We've got uh, two locations here in Geelong. Uh, we've got one in Northcote, one in Frankston, one in Comlac. And yes, yeah, so I am looking at getting a new site in, in Northcote, but we're actually looking at combining the two locations here in Geelong into one big, awesome building. So that's, oh, what that, sweet. So that's been my big goal is, uh, you know, is to... to scout out that site of this last week and that's what we've been doing primarily which has been fun not a bad gig right to just cruise around town looking at stuff like not really i i'm sure you're working hard but you know just get to drive in the car and look out the window and go oh looks pretty big yeah well there's differences sorry it's in use yeah like i did yeah like i did drive to like northcote last week and werribee as well this week and you know it's just like there is a lot of driving around in my job lately which is which is cool except work keeps coming in even when i'm driving it doesn't slow down yeah okay which is really inconvenient uh but could you just walk into some of the shops that you're potentially scanning and just go guys how did COVID affect you just get a real clear indication of how they're going if if like there's a really cringy sort of look on the face. You go, okay, we can buy these bricks out. Let's well, go all acquisition mode. Well, that's kind of what we did think that. Like we went into one space and they'll and they're like, yeah, we had these people lined up for COVID. Like this place has been empty for about twelve months. We had it lined up and then they pulled out because of COVID. I'm like, oh, oh, so you're willing to negotiate? Oh, you're desperate. You need to get this place rented, do you? Ooh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, suddenly we had some power in the room, which is cool. 
<laughs> well, excited to see what happens going forward then. Yeah, no, it should be pretty exciting. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, not a whole lot. I just came back from a wrestling show uh, in uh, Yarraville. So DMD, my, friend, my friends, uh, friends of the show, not this show, but the other show, The Young and the Wrestlers. Uh, yeah, we, that was awesome. It was a frantic... Was my dro- mate Hawko there? Hawko was there. He was ringing answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as he does. He got choked out in the end. So the fi- the final <laughs> probably deserved it. So the final match of the night was the uh, death the death match championship match. Uh, the, even though it's a death match promotion, oh, we'll talk about PlayStation soon. I promise. Um, it's a death match company, right? But there is a faction or a group called the Anti Death Match Party, and their entire oh, gimmick. He's part of that, isn't he? No, no, he's part of the pro- oh. he's part of the pro. So like this Anti Death Match Party came in at the end and was like fuck all this nonsense, and they they broke up the final match beat the piss out of everyone grabbed the belt and legged it but before they legged it they fucking decked the ref they decked everyone in the ring Hawko came out to check on someone then Hawko gets fucking choked out you know? good, good, good. <laughs> it was awesome it was actually a really really good ending Ryan acquisition bets and says buddy in the chat and he's, he's a teacher what <laughs> yeah how'd you spend your weekend oh that's cool <laughs> yeah. but uh, look one of the things that we do talk about when we come to this show patch is we talk at what games that we've been playing now oh, yeah. uh you not much. Not, not much so the biggest game that came out this week is horizon forbidden west the first big playstation first party exclusive to come out for the year now padge for player two you're one of the lucky individuals to play it and complete it all before release day now i myself yeah. i received a review code uh thanks playstation australia same as yourself uh on thursday evening about 10 40 and then i was like fuck i have to go to work tomorrow so i didn't play it then and then in the evening i got i ended up having to do have to i did the unboxing video and got all that done and by the time that was done i'm like i'm going to bed and so i, I really have not spent as much time with it as i've wanted but as you have i think we should pick your brains yeah um I mean, what do you want to know, really? Well, uh, first, let's give the rundown. Yeah, I've been for those. playing for the last few weeks, I suppose. Yeah, this rundown for those playing at home. So, Horizon Forbidden Forbidden West is the follow-up to Horizon Zero Dawn from 2017. Uh, it is made by Guerrilla Games, same peoples. Uh, it is a continuation of said story, as I mentioned, but it's six months after the events of the original, um, and it sees Aloy making her way west as the bad the the bad juju the 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 hades the watch the the thing that was destroying the machines and lands before she believed to have been gone jokes on her it's back and uh bigger than ever uh first of all what did you think of it how how, how'd you give the love um I guess like if I try and summarize, and so I guess for, for anyone who's not necessarily familiar, uh, we had a couple of us playing it at Player 2. Jess was doing the core written review. Her review's up on the Player 2 website, so please go check that one out. She gave it an A+, which is basically the perfect score for us. Um, and as, although I didn't have to pen a written review, we got together for a re- review discussion, and I wholeheartedly agree with basically everything she said. Like it is, uh, look, it's very early in the years, but I, I don't see any reason why this game wouldn't be a serious goatee contender. Mm-hmm. I guess disclaimer for me is that uh, the original Horizon Zero Dawn was my game of the year from 2017. Pissed that shitty Witcher off. That being Breath of the Wild, of course. Um, so I, I guess I went in with a little bit of bias anyway. Um, but it, it really improves everything in every possible way. The 
from the vi- the visual aspect that is obviously so striking we're seeing so much in our twitter feeds at the moment it's it's awesome like that's something that i didn't get to obviously enjoy beforehand uh, you know playing it before is that everyone had to be really hush hush about stuff and like i'd enjoy whatever but I, i'm shit with photo mode but now getting to see my twitter feed filled with all these awesome things people putting together that is that's incredible but then on the gameplay side like they've really just upped the ante in every single way from the verticality that's been added to it the glider that uh, that you get um just the sheer mobility that aloy's got in that space that is then merged with the core mechanics that we got from the last game and the imbuing your different arrows with different elements and all those sorts of really cool things that are part of the original they're all here it all feels great um there's underwater stuff there's brand new machines that are terrifying things the the tremor tuskers um both of our audiences saw on the youtube channels when we when we unboxed our tremor tusk editions and i very much look forward to getting my second one from jb <laughs> probably tomorrow when uh probably tomorrow as of the recording here um it's it's incredible like i i just cannot speak highly enough of it uh the story is so engrossing um you can see i guess i'd like i think arc wise and there's there's little points that i'll knock off this but you can see that mass effect style thing going on here now there's not the the combinations permutations from choice but you can see how horizon zero dawn had its own arc that you know on its own if by some chance the game didn't sell or whatever closed and it's fine you mm-hmm. could you could never visit that again and people would be still satisfied but like what they the so uh, the seeds that they sowed that then start bearing some fruit here in uh, forbidden west are fantastic you can see that arc that's like they've clearly gone okay we're now going to be able to do a third so the way it ends without spoiling anything whatsoever i promise um makes it abundantly clear that there's a third game coming along which now as a result is instantly my most anticipated game for i don't know 2026 or whenever the fuck it comes out around about um so they've just they've ticked all the boxes i can't speak any more highly of the game i said having spent a lot less time with it than yourself like obviously you've uh had rolled credits on it this week uh the last week and have you done the platinum run yet uh not the platinum yet because i'm already reviewing some other other titles that are kind of yeah um and it's not elden ring everybody i'm not playing elden ring so having i don't hate myself enough for that shit max you can do that so having come off rolling credits on horizon zero dawn i finished it on thursday of last uh, of of this of this week um so just before uh the codes came through just in time i didn't roll credits on frozen wilds might i add but i did start it and i will go back and finish it eventually uh but uh having to see that transition from zero dawn to here uh it's actually quite staggeringly amazing how different it is even some some differences that i saw between just zero dawn uh and frozen wilds so one of the things the game was heavily critiqued for in uh and at the time was how very still and there's not a lot of personality in uh in the characters so when you would have your uh your dialogue and would talk front back from you know one for each other it would just be headshot flip headshot like it would just be this shot here no emotion just a lot of you know standing and talking but and, and then as soon as the frozen wilds kicked in you were getting wider shots where people can talk with their arms and they're expressing and they're they're moving their head around as they speak and they're emoting which is huge and yeah. even though the game being you know the, the dlc coming out in late 2017 i think early 2018 even uh it did still look very very good for its time but there was a bit of not quite there uh, not quite there, you know, now, if you're looking at it now. 
But then yep. when you when you boot up Horizon Forbidden West, you are sometimes looking at real people. Like I'm surprised oh, it, looks it looks absolutely insane. And then with that wider angle and that ability to emote, we're starting to see more just come out of the characters in general, like what they have to say, how they say it. It adds just this extra layer to the engagement of the story. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I didn't hate that delivery in Zero Dawn. It actually and it kind of worked because it was very easy and straightforward. Like I didn't, you know, you could tell who was important and who wasn't. Yeah, they were kind of a periphery sort of character. They didn't get the same amount of love that like a, a Silence did, or an Aloy obviously is the the core protagonist. Like anyone who was a bit part character didn't get that love really whatsoever. Yeah, they didn't have quite have the same level of facial feature or, or had as much yeah. to say. Or, but you know, we're here. Like there are side characters that look as near as detail as everybody else. Like it's absolutely ridiculous how, and how to be fair, good this like, game looks. In, in step with that is that well, I guess one of the other criticisms was that those side quests and side missions, not only did the the um, NPCs not really emote overly well, but also the quests themselves were pretty throwaway, I guess. Yeah, so a, a lot of them were very really like collect and bring back or fetch and, very, you know, go and clear an area and come back. Like there's like, granted, that, 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 with that being a standard formula for quests in general let alone side quests i'm not like penalizing it for having you know go get this and and find that or kill x amount of these like that's pretty standard, oh, look, I standard could, stuff i could understand how people would though i mean we were coming off and admittedly at that point it would have been about 18 months give or take um since the witcher 3 which mm. set the benchmark for what side quests and those sort of things can be and forbidden west is really like it's it's right up there like i very quickly threw that language around where i think i maybe put that in our chat there like this is Witcher 3 sort of level stuff. Yeah. Um, there's obviously a lot of different systems there and it doesn't have, again, a bit like what I mentioned with Mass Effect, that, that choice, that scope of choice and all those sorts of things. But the depth to the side quests, they're just as deep or very, very close to it anyway, to The Witcher 3 and what it presented. And that is still the benchmark for a lot of people. Yeah. Now, obviously I can't, having not done uh, many side quests, I've done a good handful plus because I just kind of get distracted and wander off. Like if I see a question mark on the map, I'm like, ooh, what's that? And I tend to wander on yeah. it. Hence why it took me so long to to get credits on Zero Dawn. But I did, Max. So that's one backlog challenge out of the way. <laughs> Look, it only took me three years or four years. I mean, five years. How many fucking years have been? Five years. Um, just mostly because I just kept playing other things. Uh, but a couple of other differences that I found, one of the biggest complaints that came across the board for Zero Dawn, especially with it releasing a week in of, uh, of Zelda where you can climb near on everything. Yeah. You couldn't climb shit. Even like things were waist height. You'd assume you could just like vault over. Nah. Invisible. You, you jump and your feet wouldn't catch it and you couldn't leap. It was, it was an absolute shit. But here in Forbidden West, they have very clearly taken some of the development from Death Stranding and brought it over. So now using your focus, you can scan the, la the, the, the telemetry the, the, you know, of the landscape in front of you and it will tell you where you can and can't climb. So like you, even though you know, in, in true uh, uh, uncharted fashion, probably one of the staples to really do it, like you you know you can climb the things that are yellow, right? The yellow ledges yeah. are the ones that you're safe to climb. Where here, with this new telemetry scanner, uh, it kind of goes, oh, look, it's not yellow, but you can climb it. Like it's a little bit marked, so it's enough for you to, to be able to do it successfully. It's, uh, I mean, oh, my, look, my resolution's having a rough time, but yeah. Um, it's absolutely that, amazing. Sorry, I'm jumping up as well. 
you know, those those dodgy sort of jumps that you're really mm. not meant to do, but you can pull that sort of stuff as well, which is always good for a laugh. It doesn't happen as often, and there are some weird little, and, and it's early, you know, pre-launch, day zero sort of bugs, but um, a couple of things where yeah, the climbing animations go a little bit weird or you get completely turned around, but you're right. Like, what they've actually looked to implement is fantastic, and it works well 99% of the time yeah look and I, it says, like, when you're like when you see when you see on the map there's something's up there you just, yeah you're boom you're like, oh I can totally it's going to take me a while but I can climb it and like to me I love that and I think that's I think that's great now uh, of course the we, along with the visual fidelity of it all, all looking just absolutely amazing the world itself is richer it is so full of detail. So you're, you're starting the game off in this jungly forest area and you are surrounded by high detailed, relatively interactive foliage. Like it is ridiculous. There are particle effects up the wazoo as the blight is just spewing things everywhere. And oh, yeah. you know, it's ridiculous the level of detail that we can see here. So much so that's almost weirdly too much detail for me i look at it and i go oh there's not quite uncanny valley i'll get to my uncanny valley points in a minute but like i look at this i'm like there's so much detail there is so much going on it's just kind of like eventually you kind of zone part of it out and it just builds this bigger world but it's just like in it's a lot of stimulus early it's a lot on to take in, yeah yeah and because like the one things that i sort of noted straight away no, straight away these are going to sound like complaints and these are just sort of surface level because as i said i'm not super deep in it so these are all just quick assessments um i had i was finding that it, whether it be the hdr or the the way they did the, the, the lighting everyone seems to have this weird halo around them because what i'm finding um called peach fuzz ryan and the internet doesn't understand no it. no not the beard looks hair. Like a beard. The beard hair i'm okay <laughs> with but and there's a couple of games this has happened to me in the way the shots are being held it's almost like i can see the the mocap floor area that they're walking in to me it feels like this they're the way the way they're lit because some they're not really falling into the into the scenery with the way it's that they are lit to be being pulled forward and to me, all I'm seeing is someone in a mocap suit wandering around a square area. It's almost like I can see the square area that they're walking in. I wonder if that is potentially a byproduct of COVID stuff because there would have been some improvising done. There, you know, global travel was taken out. So any of our American actors, actors like an Ashley Birch, for example, as Aloy, may not have been able to get over to Gorilla to do whatever on their usual <clears throat> stage. Like there could be those sorts of little things that have kind of meant, okay, we've improvised, we've got this set up here, but it's a bit small, smaller and more contained than usual. I mean, I saw, this is not Gorilla, of course, but I'm sure you've seen footage over the years of the, the Naughty Dog stage and where they do mm. everything. Like it is just a, it's a, it's an enormous space and they can basically do whatever they want in. I wonder if there's not, yeah, Some look, but, the, but there are still times even... I can't say I noticed it, but you might be onto something. Well, yeah, I just mean by like, cause like I, I can look at the shot and I can see the two people there and just the whether the where the camera's being held or whatever, like it le clearly looks like... It almost it almost has that green screen effect when you can tell that this is being superimposed on this background. Yeah. Now, whether that's just me being like un unnecessarily picky or my, my, my brain is picked up on this very particular stimulus that comes from this and I'm going, huh, this is really weird. Like it, and with them being lit in a certain way, because like every, at least in the early scenes when you're when you're in this jungle, it's being lit in such a way to like really make everything just visually pop. 
But what I'm yeah. finding is that light is actually bringing them out of the image and making them pop as if they've been like shopped over the top. Yeah, okay. And it's really, and then like the lighting is inconsistent. Like, or I believe in how I assess it, it's almost inconsistent, as in like you would fit better in this scene if it was lit a little bit differently. Like, you're just kind of, you're not getting lost in it. Like, it's, I'll have to go back and check some of that out. Total nitpicky shit. And eventually, if I play for long enough, it'll go away. It's likely because just coming off the back of Zero Dawn, where everything looked kind of fine, like everything looked great, but I mean, like, they just blended a different way. Um, yeah. But, you know, this is only like weird wide shots where a lot of the close-up shots tend to, tend to be kind of okay because they blur the background to sort of give that lens, that zoom effect, that focus uh, as they talk to each other. And then that's when the shine, when you're just seeing this immaculate like facial capture and high detail. It's just those wider shots in the cinematics that really throw me. Yeah, I'll have to go back and, and check that out. I, I, I can't say I noticed it myself, but it's not. It's certainly not to say that it doesn't exist. I just... Yeah. didn't cotton on to that myself and it, yeah you might have just honed in on one particular thing that then you can't help but notice that that is Whereas sadly I how my brain works so, yeah, sadly i guess one thing that we will all notice is the water oh my just god the moment, water like, is astounding absolutely like spider-man 2018 puddles yeah <laughs> before they removed them and everyone got upset yeah, they're like Those the water is absolutely insane. Like normally, water has like that real kind of bluey tinge to it or greeny tinge to it, depending on how they want to do it. But um, it was immaculate. It's like literally crystal clear. It moves beautifully. It's it's just yeah. it's just so good. It, and wait till you're really getting out of the water properly too. Oh yeah. So oh. once again, having not not done a whole lot, but like even the new creatures themselves, I'm finding are pretty cool. I've likely I think I've only seen about four or five new new machines uh like the burrowers which are just mongooses they're pretty cool or ferrets yeah. uh then there is like a newer uh like deer kind of uh design there is the cool cobra looking bastards they're mad oh the, yeah the slither fangs yeah they're 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 awesome yeah there, there is some really cool creature design um and it's it, it, they're, they're taking a they took a very different approach here i'm finding so far and obviously when we look at the, the key art we're seeing uh, a lot more dinosaur inspired designs with the like of the claw strider and the i don't know what they're called but the pteranodon looking ones like the pterodactyl ones I've, what are they what are they called oh the sun wings sun wings yeah, like, and, and then I'm seeing in the trailer there's like a Triceratops-designed creature as well, which is really, really cool. Because I guess in, in the idea that, um, you know, the Zero Dawn initiative was to rebuild the Earth in its, I guess, the image of the old, so they're, they're bringing up like, you know, cows and rams and, and dogs. And, you know, like, they're trying to replicate standardized animals. But here, when they've gone, what's the next step? And like, well, this is what's the next, I guess, a different age of creature. And they're, they're pulling from dinosaur inspiration, I'm finding. Um, yeah. I think it's very, very cool. No, that's where you get your, your tall necks and, and the thunder jaws and all of those sorts of things. So I think my camera froze for a It did for a there, second, but, but it's all good. It's yeah. all right. Um, that, I mean, that's, yeah, you're right. Like, that's where the tall necks and the, the thunder jaws and others that I won't specify. Um, that you'll see later in the game. Yeah, like Tall Necks oh, and Thunderjaws we saw those. in Zero Dawn. Not and they were clearly yet. little sprinkles of of that dinosaur inspiration. But uh, yeah, then that next step here, you know, we're getting like Claw Striders are just essentially Velociraptors. 
you know yeah. and uh yeah it's it's exciting stuff and uh, as we progress further in the game i'm very excited to talk about more uh if max does stop shitting himself between now and next week uh, i'll be keen to talk more what are you about next him. week he's playing elden ring he'll be shitting himself the entire yeah, it's time it's a different kind That'll of be out of excitement yeah. as opposed to the runs we may but... have to bring you in again Padge, just because max will be lost playing playing elden ring i guess i'll be basically in your backyard next saturday anyway <laughs> yeah that's true that's true i'm coming down to geelong oh come party I'm going to watch some footy, but yeah. Oh, well, you can party afterwards. Yeah, we could. Yeah, yeah be sweet. Easy done. I can't get a footy. That's exciting. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. That is exciting. Time. Against your mob, too. Oh, oh, might have to go. It's just a pre-season pre game. It's not that exciting. We're, we're doing it because we get to take the kids to their first ever game finally, and it'll be kind of quiet and not packed, so it gives them room to not catch COVID. That's good. Yeah, that's very, very good. But anyways, look, I'll have a lot more to say uh, about Horizon Forbidden West over the coming weeks uh, as I continue to play through it. Uh, as I said, if you want to hear what Paul has to say, go check out uh, player2.net.au's YouTube channel, their website. Uh, Padge's face is all over there, and he said a lot of things to say about it. And of course, big thank you to PlayStation Australia for providing both of us uh, review copies of the title. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to see us unboxing the collector's editions, because look, we got a code. We still bought five game uh go check out this youtube channel hopefully you're watching it on right now or the youtube channel for the pop culturist and the player two youtube channel as well uh has yeah, if you have any doubts with all the complimentary things we've been saying if you have any doubts that we're shills whatsoever for like these this mob just because they sent us free codes you've bought a collector's edition i've bought two of them look i'm a shill yeah. in general i have the fact that they've sent us a code has nothing to do with it whatsoever i have the symbols tattooed on my arm i can't okay, help yeah. but appear to be a shill yeah. uh and it's not an inaccurate description <laughs> but no i'm Sorry, not a shill for a particular reason yeah no we're not, we're, yeah. i'm just a very That's vocal chicken. vocal fan and max in the chat says chicken and waffles with padge it would be ideal but you'll have the entire family with him and maybe the entire family won't appreciate chicken and waffles. Also, Kevin S16, what is up? Buddy does, so Collector's Addiction. Uh, before we jump into anything else you've been playing, do you believe this is correct, Padge? Looking at the shelf behind you, there's a lot of Collector's Editions. And do you feel that buying two Collector's Editions for Horizon uh, may be pushing that a little bit? My marriage or? Just, just in oh, general. Just pushing all, it in all general. the things. Um, look, a lot of the stuff here in the background, and I'm trying to make sure I'm still speaking to the mic here, so let me know if I'm not. Um, a lot of this <clears> stuff has been accumulated over a very long time. Mm -hmm. Like, there's the Gears 3 in the background there. Sorry, not a PlayStation thing, but, like, that's 2011. There's Bioshock Infinite. That's 2012. We've got Witcher 3 in 2015. We've got Uncharted, Aloy. Like, there's, there's, there's a couple every year. Mm -hmm. um, yes, yes, I've bought two for Forbidden West, and motivations for that for that were a little different to usual where it's like hey sweet like collector's edition it's going to be like for, for a game i'm really keen on awesome i'll get that it was more okay what can that do for the the background here um so we can cover that as an expense yeah you can write you can write, quote, it, off, write it off which is really really helpful uh has there been anything else you have played this week um nothing that i can talk about oh you got them secret ones not not a playstation game nothing talking? i can talk about Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, other than that, like, no, for, uh, see, for me, it's primarily just been playing uh, Horizon. Like, I really ran through Zero Dawn, uh, and then I have been trying to get a bit more Oli Oli World sorted. Uh, and I've also been uh, wanting to try get through Sifu. 
but that game just wants to really kick my cheeks in. Yeah, I've decided I'm just waiting for the easy mode or whatever it's called. Yeah, I think, look, I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, look, sh- sh- shamelessly, I will be using that easy mode. Like, I finished the first level. I did it in a, what I believe to be a reasonable age. I came through at the age of 30. Um, oh, which fir- see, I came through with uh, one more death and I would have been dead dead. The first time I did it, I came through at like 60-something and then I was like, I'm going to oh, run okay. this again. And then now, and I haven't like, run it again yet. And admittedly, I did watch uh, Dan Allen's, uh, for, uh, you know, it was a 44-minute speed run and I saw how, how he tackled it and I went, oh, I'm going to pull some of that. And that's what helped me get through it. Like, I granted, like, I still hit a limit of my actual ability to play in the game, but... Uh, that's a good start. Yeah, and I was like, oh, well, that's a good... Like, I can sort of see how they're doing it and what the techniques they were. And that did get me through in a reasonable age. Now, I'm not going to... I don't... I, I, it really shortens my room to grow between now and the fifth one, the fifth level. But the second level is already kicking my ass off. I haven't even got to the boss yet. I'd hate to get to the boss at this point. The game is just r- relentless. Yeah, look, buddy, I can relentless. see you in the chat saying you can do it. And I appreciate the support and encouragement. That's that's fantastic. And we really, really appreciate it. But seriously, shut up. We don't, <laughs> you're encouraging us to keep getting our asses kicked here. Like this is, you, yeah. this is not good for our well-being. No, and look, it's a, unlike Returnal, which literally made me absolutely angry. Um, I'm finding that I'm not getting angry at Sifu though. Like it's weird. Okay, fair enough. Like I find it to be, it's still hard. But it's, it's forgiveness, I feel, is a little bit different compared to, say, Returnal. I, I find Returnal just face-fucking for no reason. And then, well, of course... still a, you know, if, if you're dead, you're dead component to Returnal versus... I mean, obviously, there's there's ways around that, but only once. Um, ver- whereas in the case of Sifu, okay, like, you, you took a... You died here, but there's ways to pull that back like if you can beat a mini boss there's there's some years knocked up like there's yeah there's ways around it if, if you can have if you have that bad moment you can you can overcome it but that even includes uh because it does have the rogue light aspect to it so sifu does but returnal which has it in its truest sense where every run is completely different fuck that fuck that like there's no like <laughs> and that's not for me but with Sifu I'm like alright these enemies are going to be in the exact same place in the exact same time it's entirely reliant on me getting better at the game I felt that yep. Returnal's design literally prevented you from getting better and you just lucked your way through it if you were if you, yes you happen to be good but there is such an aspect of luck in Returnal that it makes it incredibly unnecessarily difficult where if Sifu I hit a point that I can't get past, I go, well, it's not the game fucking me, it's my inability. So either I get better or I step aside. And to me, that is a much more reasonable attitude to have than every every time I run in, I never get a room that gets me the right gun. I never like I'm I'm constantly just getting fucked. Yeah. I mean look, no, I can I can absolutely see it. And there's there's ways like the systems built within the game also do allow you like you can pick up at level two. There's no issues there. It's not like you have to rerun the entire thing like yeah. you do in, in Returnal. Um, so you can set yourself up really, and you spoke about yourself where you died or you got to like an age of 60 or something with the first level, but then when you've, your best current run is about 30 or something like that. Yeah, so, so I went and started again, with yeah. you. But you don't have to go, okay, now I need to have an awesome run in level one and then an awesome run in level two and that sort of thing. You can actually just pick up with, you know, if you can, if you somehow manage to get yourself through with a, with a perfect run on level one, well, then you're basically just starting the game, but with, uh, from level two at this point, you've got less to have to complete. So yeah, systemically it, it does lend itself more to success there. It's just a matter of learning to play like, and people use the, the souls sort of thing a lot, but 
and I don't know that there's a hundred percent Soulsy stuff to this, but the the one aspect which is learning to play by the game's rules and okay, mm-hmm. this is how they fight. You need to embrace that and suitably counter. Like that's very much what's made the Souls games such a big thing over the last decade plus. And that's what you see here. So if you can learn to play by the rules, then you'll max out that level, hopefully. Yeah. And, uh, max out in a good way, sorry. Not max out your <laughs> your, death, your life. Um, and then you can carry that into the next one. And maybe it'll take you 10 to goes, but eventually you'll whittle that down to a point where either it's a perfect run or something you consider reasonable so you can then take on the third level and so on and so forth. Yeah, because it's pretty much like the game goes, here's the framework, here's the rules, here the, here's the guidelines. Do the best you can within said guidelines. And I like that so much more because it's just like, as Buddy says in the chat, see-through is about learning the patterns and layouts and perfecting them. Returnal, more about knowing the systems, what to target and how to adapt. And I think that's it. I think that's the big difference here because even in like Bloodborne or, you know, the Soulsborne genre, like Dark Souls, etc., the enemies are in the same location. A big part of it is just getting better. It is trying yep. it again, knowing exactly where those parts are and you improve. And because I think there is a greater sense of reward there. Like, granted, don't get me wrong, when you do beat Return, you do get that, that sense of reward as well. But here, I don't know, like I, like I said, I, I, you genuinely feel like you've mastered it. Because if you can just come in and John Wick your way through the through the level, like that is a sense of achievement. Like if, oh, for sure. Like if, you're, if you apply that same logic to Returnal, you go to John Wick and you get fucking shot. And you just get destroyed randomly on level three, on like, you know, room three, because fuck, the game doesn't care. You know, it's it's it, it's interesting space. But uh, yeah, other than that, um, a little bit of Oli Oli World as well, as I'm just trying to, to run through that. But uh, I think that's about it. That's cool. I am keen to give Oli Oli World a crack at some point. But it's a ton of fun. I've got, to, got to buy it first and got to have a little, bit, a little bit of free time first. Yeah, it's not too bad. Anyway, let's get into the section where we shill for a little bit, because we do that now here. We shill. Uh, more than the general sh- the general show, but one of the I'm just going to straight because the, there's no reason to talk about our get less fat update patch because you are not fat. I don't think you ever have been Let's, fat. No, I haven't been. But do do your thing, and I'll piggyback on that. Like I don't have I'm not on the man shake, but there's there's stuff we can talk about there when it comes to weight slash fitness no worries so this is our get less fat update for those that don't know since uh 2020 i have lost over 40 kilos using a meal replacement shake called the man shake it's a product that i am an ambassador for and they help support this show so max and i have this section this section of the show each and every week we keep ourselves accountable but telling you how our week has been now i expect max to have lost about four kilos because he's done nothing but shit because of gastro i can only presume he's going to come out looking trim next week like I myself yeah. have had, I've had yeah, an alright week. Look, this is, I don't, I don't think I touched upon this last week, but I'll touch upon it this week. So, uh, I've talked about it last week. I have, uh, I finally started uh, my medication for my diagnosed ADHD, uh, Ritalin. It's good shit. It's, at, it's literally life changing. On a complete side note, if you think you have ADHD, go get tested, diag- find out, because if you do and you get correctly medicated, your whole world changes like if i if i had this oh my god if i had this when i was 14 15 younger my whole world would be different um how i process things how i see the world how i take in the world is uncomparably different it's so good but one of the positives of it i guess slash side effects is hunger suppressant 
Now, I'm not finding it a hunger suppressant in the sense that it makes me not want to eat. I'm finding it's a hunger suppressant because I'm because now I can now correctly focus. I'm focusing on the other shit, and then I'm oh, and, distracted. Yeah, and it, but like it's correctly distracted, like the, the, the way, right way. Yeah, because yeah. previously I'd just be distracted over a thousand things at once. Where here I'm like, oh, cool. Now I'm correctly I'm correctly focusing on the right things. That it's now uh, realigning. So it's not until my body goes, you are so hungry that I have to take your attention, and I go, aha, time to eat. So look, I'm still about the same weight. I haven't lost any more weight. I haven't gained any weight, which is fantastic either. But uh, yeah, it's it's very fascinating how it's uh, affected my my eating and my uh, approach to food because I am finding I'm not getting hungry until my body tells me I am. Yeah, that's good to hear, man. And I'm sure yeah, Max will have some positive things to report next week. Maybe out of a dodgy inst- uh, circumstance, but who cares? You shit the weight out. Doesn't matter. Um, I guess on my side, Nick, like. Like I said, I'm not on the man shake or anything like that. Um, but the last few years, I've been a little bit, little bit lazy. Unsurprisingly, when it comes to COVID, there's not been a great deal of physical activity. Working from this space for work or whatever the case happened to be, mean I wasn't really, wasn't really doing that much. It also meant that my basketball that I played every single week was off yeah. because you couldn't, you couldn't run it. Um, the competition started to come back October last year, but I couldn't make it because the game times weren't, weren't good when it. Uh, for me and the kids like being able to help uh, wife put kids to bed meant I couldn't really do it um, but on Wednesdays these days I've just started and it, like, as of two weeks ago and so it was a bit of a reality check when I rolled in last week and yeah okay look there's there's not a lot on me like I'm skinny or whatever but I'm skinny fat is that the is that the right phrase that people yeah, use yeah so like, you're so, like you, you, don't, you don't appear fat but like underneath you are you are not the fittest I'm a gentleman. fat boy yeah yeah um, <laughs> now it's not horrendous like I survived I survived the game I got through I wasn't even completely tanked like i expected me to be mm. but then upon reflection I'll, hang on you subbed yourself out then then and then right, so you, um, you were clearly get gassing out i i, mani- I managed myself well um but that was a bit of an eye-opener and, to, and then just thinking about the eating beforehand like okay yeah i've been dodging bullets because visually or visibly sure i, I look one way but as you said underneath not so much mm. and so it's been kind of the foot up the ass for me to actually start just changing the diet a little bit again, getting some physical activity, regular physical activity. And in the case of basketball, fairly intense physical activity has been good, but it's just prompted a little bit more consistency in terms of other stuff. And just a reminder that, Hey, like you don't need to smash that sausage roll for lunch. You could go get a sandwich instead. Sausage rolls are good though. It's I miss the them. little things. Oh, I miss them. Um, and then, you know, I'll roll in uh, just to kind of help build that fitness back up. I'll, I'll go and play basketball against the E12s or something at lunchtime while I'm working. So don't you have work to do? Nah, mate, I'm going to kick your ass. But I'm, gonna, I'm go. going to destroy all your hopes and dreams, children. In and the classroom I, and, I, and out the classroom. Yeah. And then I get there and I hit a few good shots and then I'm exhausted and they <laughs> run all over the top of me. But those first few minutes are fantastic. So... Oh, buddy's firing shots in the. Oh, so there's there's buddy and uh, uh, buddy and Matt Matto Phil from uh, your patch co-host come in and give me a bunch of shit. Matto's on the that's a little clip because yeah, I wouldn't really when I was actually fit, I wouldn't really suck myself off at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, like it, oh, the whistle's blown, someone's calling subgrade. I'll turn my back and pretend I didn't hear shit. Um, <laughs> But doing it a bit, doing it a bit this last week. <laughs> but if you want to start, if you want to support uh, Max and myself on our weight loss journey, or maybe even start your own, you can be heading to the link in the description is bit.ly bit.ly slash FTP manshake. You don't even have to buy anything, man. Just by clicking the link helps uh, support the show and help support us. 
Secondly, now that we're all fit and getting thin, the one thing that we can do is now we can see our front areas. Previously, they were hidden under our guts. And then we look down and go, hey, my gut's gone. Where's my peen? It turns out it's hidden in all of your man bush. That is part of the reason why we have teamed up with Manscaped. Manscaped is one of the leading companies in body hair grooming uh, with their recent introduction of the Lawnmower 4.0, which is right there behind me, uh, as well as the ball toner and cleaner and stuff. It's a great way to tidy up all your front area. Uh, it's really, really handy in the chat that about like fucking four years ago, I made an emote for balls because that was when I was trying to swear less. <laughs> uh, it, it could not be the most relevant uh, connected uh, marketing ever. I love that Buddy clearly just put the word balls in one time and then it's, it's spit out that emote. He's realized what's happened and then just pumped just the chat double, with balls, balls, doubling balls. It, doubling down. Can you keep it, going, man. please? Now, Padge, I don't know if anyone has ever asked you about your your front area hair. Uh, is a Manscaped a product that you see yourself using one day? Or do you keep that uh, shit pretty, uh, pretty kept? I, I, I keep it kept, but... That's thanks to having picked up like the 3.0 a few uh, oh, a year or two ago. Yeah, like right. I just just got in before it was cool. That's all. Yeah, that's right. Um, before people start so yes, shilling yes, this, shit. everything's maintained. But yes, all the products you're talking about, the toners and all those sort of things, they're all they all got sent to me in that sa in that same pack. So we're good to go. And uh, Shane's having a little clip, <laughs> a little clip in the chat there. <laughs> Uh, look, because uh, one of the things I also picked up this someone week can send that to me, it'd be great. Was the was the plow? So was, rather than just uh, the front area, uh, the package, they also do like the whole grooming set. They have like a razor, like a sort of old school, you know, razor blade, heavy metal fucking thing. And uh, after years of using like Gillette razors. Um, which are kind of, you know, the multi-razor, multi-blade things. They're all kind of soft and pretty on your face. I used the plow, which is like old razor, and it fucking tore my face to shreds because I have I have this really just like apparently tissue paper skin. I was like, you know, it's like- It can be a bit of that, but also like, and it's an issue I've faced when I actually shave my face is that like the hair kind of, it's not- consistent it kind of grows a little mm. bit in multiple different directions different, yeah so, different directions it's a it's, um, it's a hot mess and uh, for years i had to use like an electric razor on the face um like one of those circular ones yeah it's like the little triangle of them and like, it, it kind of catch it in every direction as it's doing whatever the whatever it does um it, it was, i only just kind of stubbornly push back I'm like no no I, I want a manual razor here because like the the electric ones are good but they don't they're not as clean yeah. as, a, as a manual one and so i just pushed through it and geez there was a there was a good week there where the, look, the face was saying no. You can see there's, look, there's some leftover damage here and, and there and like all the scabs are finally starting to come off. But it looked like an episode of The Simpsons where Homer's high and shaves and just fucking rainbows yeah, come yeah, out of his know. face. Yeah, it, it did look like that for a little bit. And because the razors were so fucking sharp, it, and, so, and I look like, uh, I had looked like I had been in my own death match, but with just around my cheeks. It was, it was, it was gnarly. But uh, I, once my- Oh, in the chat's got a big win there. Does it take care of peach fuzz? <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe look at the product may be manscaped but it is but is human manscaped the the the, the lawnmower does not identify that it is a that is a different gender you can use it on your on your 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 man parts your lady parts your they parts however you choose to however however you see yourself your however you present yourself your peach fuzz which is your butt which is your actual peach fuzz or your face peach fuzz whatever it is the manscaped can do that you got gross ass back hair like i have that's one of the things i'm 
to do. I'm going to get rid of my gross back hair with that thing. I hear Max use the lawnmower on his face to trim his beard. I, I hopefully not like balls then face, maybe face then balls um, would probably be okay. Um, you know, or if, it, or if he did go balls, maybe use the, the crop mops, like the wipes and stuff before bringing it to the face. But we've really um, hung around the front here for a little while. But if you want to help support the channel, you can go head over to au.manscape.com using the promo code FTP. That's FTP for the players. Uh, by putting that in, you can buy anything on the uh, any product is available using the code. It helps support us. You save yourself twenty percent off off that purchase, as well as free worldwide shipping. Thank you to the team over at Manscaped helping support this show. And as Buddy says, you never go balls to face. All right, it's been like fucking an hour and we haven't even gone into the news yet, uh, Padge. Let's jump in. Padge, we'll go one for one as we normally do with Max, but I'll kick this motherfucker off with Horizon Forbidden West or as uh, it could also be called Forbidden Crunch. Horizon Forbidden West is out now and is receiving an across-the-board positive reception. Although originally slated for the back end of 2021, according to the game director, Math... Math just the, Dijon. Dijon. The, de- the delay was a decision to- made to help the Dutch developer avoid crunch. We were very aware of the disadvantages of crunching, so we take that into account a lot in our planning, he told Dutch news website uh, Machine Translated. Quote, to give an example, at Christmas, we said that there would be no work and that everyone could just have a two-week vacation. The company was closed and you couldn't even go there to work. Dijon, ex- how is it Dijon? Dijon, as Dijon accepted that not everyone wants a Christmas holiday and quote, some people like to keep working and we're not going to stop it. Of course not. Uh, end quote. He explained but stressed that his company sends out a strong message when it comes to crunch. Quote, Forbidden West might have come out at the end of last year, but then we might have had to work overtime. People also need to be able to relax and take vacations. Uh, what's your stance on this page? Obviously, Crunch Free is fantastic. The game's come out. It's a little bit delayed. It, it looks fantastic. You could barely tell the game has been, like, really, you know, hard. Like, if this is what you, if this is the result of just delaying it a little bit without Crunch, give me more of this shit all the time. Exactly. And not to mention, like, I think once studios get into a bit of a routine and establish kind of at that managerial level that, okay, what does the timeline look like when we don't crunch? Once they get their heads around that and get themselves into a bit of a routine, you're going to see these develop, like, they'll still be able to hit their October, November release dates if they want because they will have planned for it. They would have allowed, okay, this versus this, these, these two models, this model adds three or four months onto the development. All right. Well, now we know we'll just add that onto our timeline. We'll factor in accordingly. And once every studio, if we just use PlayStation as an example, because we've obviously heard about Naughty Dog, for example, and there may be other studios under the umbrella that have done similar sort of things over the journey. Um, once everyone is in step with that same policy, that same approach, your timeline's going to sort itself out in terms of that pipeline of releases. It's going to sort itself out anyway. And you could see the same thing across Ubisoft, and you'd see the same thing across every other developer, publisher, once everyone embraces that same approach and it all st- and it won't hit your bottom line because it's just part of your process everyone's the same thing all your budgets are built around your timelines your financing all of it'll be fine yes it's you'd like to be able to get it out a bit early i'm sure what you know why make the money then when we can make the money now but what you lose is goodwill. Yeah. And, and that I, eventually comes back to bite you financially as well. I think you brought up a really good point there. It is one of those things that as time moves forward and as companies begin to allow for 
for this crunch, uh, for this removal of crunch, I should say. Like, and they're like, oh, well, we, we have to assume that most projects will take an extra six months because we're not going to be able to do that. Then that'll become normalized and that'll become standard. So there will be no, oh, this is the crunch delay window because it'll become normal practice. And that is how the only way that we're going to see this, this positive change uh, in the gaming space. The industry itself, as we know, is, is a bit fucked and it's, there is those difficulties that when it comes to any sort of creative industry or an industry that cares or like gives a you know goes that extra mile like i myself i crunch near on every day in my job because i'm i'm one of the heads of a department the heads of a company or a division right so i put more hours in than the average person and i don't get paid yeah. for them unlike the unlike most crunches in 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 games development they get paid i don't get paid any extra i do yeah, it i'm a teacher like, i don't get paid to t- uh, to mark my assessments outside of hours bingo and you're and you're the exact same like it is it sometimes it's part of the job and in order to get it done sometimes you have to go through that way now i understand that this is a very uncommon you know unpopular opinion but like especially in creative industries like people like there is no such thing as perfection because you will never get there. If, if you if you give creative people the right amount of time, like you give them time, they will use it to the last possible minute because they will push every second. Yeah. You know, so if you say, we're going to give you an extra year, they're like, cool, are you ready at the end of that year? Oh no. And they're going to crunch at the back end of it because they, you know, the, the scope gets bigger, the, the ideas get grander. It, it is a catch. Um, what if we just add this? Or yeah. if we just change this? There's always something. You're always looking to tweak. And yeah, always fiddle. tweaking, the- always tinkering, always going to get there. But... You know, if they keep that idea in mind and they, you know, sort of don't have that pressure. Minimize it. Yeah, and you sort of have the right producers in place, right supports in place to really prevent it from blowing out. So you can kind of kind of keep it in, which would be good. Uh, next up, uh, keeping it in the horizon of Forbidden West vein, all that shimmers in this world is sure to fade. That's a quote. Good fuel reference. Good fuel reference there. A visual issue in Horizon Forbidden West has been causing shimmering. Uh, and has been addressed and resolved. Guerrilla Games uh, has released a hot fit, hot fix sorry, for its acclaimed role-playing game, which you can download and install now. All you need to do is reset the title a couple of times to grab the update and apply it. The Dutch developer explained on its official Twitter account, quote, Hi everyone, thanks to your helpful feedback, we've located a visual shimmering issue when playing the game. We're happy to inform you that this is now resolved. Please restart the game twice for this effect to take place. Uh, Happy hunting. It is worth reiterating that this is not a traditional patch, so you won't see it downloading in your console's operating system. The advantage here is that Guerrilla Games has been able to push it out quickly, so if you're, if you're yet to embark on Aloy's sophomore adventure, or, or you're currently smashing it as we speak, just take a moment to reboot the game a couple of times and it will apply these fixes. Other complaints have surfaced, uh, surfaced around the HDR, especially in resolution mode. However, this has not been commented on in any official capacity. Now, Padge, did you witness any of this shimmering or any HDR challenges in your playthrough? Not I, unfortunately. Um, oh, like, yeah, I, I had a pretty clean sort of experience. You, I obviously mentioned about some other little, there's been some other little bugs and sorts of things that popped up, but they were all lined out when the day, the day one patch came out. So no, mine's been squeaky clean so far. Yeah. Look, so I, I think I having some interesting, interesting with fun with my HDR set up on my tally, but maybe the tally itself, it may not, uh, it may not be the game, but I really love the idea of being able to push these small patches out into the game without even having to 
do a full update. That is kind of cool. And maybe this is a way, like, you know, as games need to bounce or ping a server more often, they might be able to drop little packages uh, to the game throughout, which is good and, and bad, I guess. Like, it, there's ways it can be used for good, and there's ways it can be used for bad. Nice intimidating voice for that last yeah, bit. Yeah, I'll throw it all there. Uh, build it and they will come. PlayStation has finally entered the world of Lego with a Horizon Forbidden West set. The tall next set will be made of, made, uh, of 1,222 pieces and will cost $129.99 Australian. And it's set to launch on the 22nd of May. Lots of twos there. Uh, but pre-orders are not currently open. I want this so fucking bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I haven't given a shit about Lego, well, outside of the video games, since... I don't know. I was six. This will be the first Lego I buy since I was six. I'm so keen. Yeah, look, I haven't I'm had a Lego set ever. Like, a, like I've had like little packets, and I've never had like a full set of Lego because Lego is always just so fucking expensive, right? But yeah. like, even this is kind of expensive. Not like dr- it's licenses. That's what drives it up these days. They're all t- so many. So much of it is attached to licenses. Yeah, you know, it's Star Wars, or in this case, Horizon, whatever it happens to be. Like the licensee gets to take a chunk out of the pie and lego will still want their usual sum so it bloats these prices out as opposed to just generic blocks that we would have had as kids like i yeah like you i didn't have a set i just had a whole bunch of bricks that i could make things with yeah but that look i'm i'm gonna do my best to pick up if i can i think even just building it would be fun and finally for horizon zero dawn uh, marketing across the horizon. They have had a ton of fun PlayStation PR across the world. Uh, one of them here in Australia, uh, in Sydney, we saw a one-to-one scale claw strider in the Sydney Row Botanical Gardens, uh, which was awesome. Uh, both of us being in Victoria, we've not been able to head over and see it, but the, some of the pictures that have come across social media, it looks awesome. It looks oh, fantastic. I'd just love to jump on its back and go for a ride. Oh, I, I'm gonna get. I'll get all up on that bastard. Uh, in Italy, there was a massive Aloy sta- a statue that had this appearance that it was made out of marble, and it had this. It almost looked like it could fit into all the other statues that you'd see around Italy. It's uh, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But one of the really big and cool things to come out of this sort of shared marketing. In collaboration with Arbor Day Foundation, Sony will plant a tree in three deforested areas across the US every time a specific trophy is unlocked. It's called the Play and Plant Program and will help the reforestation efforts uh, at the Douglas County Forest in Wisconsin, the Sheep Fire Private Lands located in California, and the Toraya State Park of Florida. The Arbor Day Foundation is currently celebrating its 50th anniversary, having planted, quote, nearly 500 million trees, end quote, in nearly 50 countries. The trophy you're looking to unlock is named Reach the Daunt, which is yours roughly 90 minutes into the game and is part of the main story. As such, it's very easy to unlock this trophy and contribute to the reforestation efforts. Nothing else is required for you, uh, of you in order to plant the tree. It's estimated that a 228,000 trees will be needed to repopulate the parks, and with the open offer from the 20 uh, up until sorry the 25th of March, uh, due to the sales potential of Horizon Forbidden West, it is very likely that that estimate will be hit with absolute ease. Padge, are you contributing? Are you contributing to these to these these trees? Did you get? This I guess trophy? I contributed 
two weeks ago, I, I guess, with, with the trophy. But, um, yeah, as you said, like you achieve it 90 minutes into the game. So I ticked that off a while ago and you'll be very close if you're not there already. Uh, yeah, I'm very close um, So, I, I mean, I think it's a fantastic initiative. that we, you, you see the naysayers on the internet say, but but why does it need to be all PRE and that sort of thing? And, and I can appreciate that. Like, why can't Sony just donate money to you know, repopulate these forests. Why can't any corporation do these sorts of things? And they're right. They're absolutely right. Like it's, it's a shame that these sort of things don't happen without some sort of marketing or PR edge on them. Mm-hmm. That said, given the path that we've gone down, and this is ultimately what's happening. I feel good about the fact that just by playing a video game, I've, I've contributed a little bit now. Yes. Did I perhaps offset that with the CO2 that I've created by playing again? I don't know. Probably. I probably still made the world worse, but we were going to play the game anyway. Yeah. We've now seen to it that there's a tree somewhere in the in in the US that can be planted that's going to help in some way. They're targeting 288,000. They're going to go well beyond that. Again, it's 90 minutes into a game that has probably already sold multiple millions of copies already. So presumably there's millions of trees that are going to be planted at this point. It's not... Yes, I can understand the complaints about PR marking, those sort of things, and I... I get what you're talking about but let's focus on the the good here and there's a lot of good coming out of this Uh, like i have no issue with gamifying some things like this uh because look my my literal job is is using games to teach people like users therapy and to teach life skills right i gamified life i've gamified learning i gamified therapy you know, so like for me, the idea of gamifying something for good ain't bad. Like if it invites people to give it a try or to consider it, then fucking a. Same goes for like Ghost of Tsushima when they rebuilt that uh, that whatever the fuck they're called in you know in uh, on the island of Tsushima, one of those door thingies. What are they called? Oh, that sounds really offensive of me, but I can't remember what they're called. Um, Escapes yeah, um, it was it was a shrine. It was a, a shrine, shrine. yeah. We'll, we'll go with the shrine. But, you know, and like that is cool. Like they took advantage of of a subsect of, of culture that normally wouldn't give a shit about that stuff, and then they made and they got them to help. And I think that's the big part of it is essentially helping people realize that there's some things they could sh- they could give a shit about. You know, does that just make to be sense? clear, in the case of the Ghost of Tsushima one, that, there was no PR to that whatsoever. This yeah. was, and I'm just quickly double checking the article because I remember the initial story and that something happened, but I didn't catch the context um it was a priest at a, at a shrine in sushima yeah look, that it, then launched the crowdfunding page and for whatever reason it got picked up and that's and the ghost fans came piling in to to throw their money at it so that was that was far more natural and i guess pure but um, even accidental but, pr is still pr yeah. you know yeah and it does it, look good for sony in that instance yeah so in this case this priest bounced off the pr of the game to in order to do good they gamified yeah helping and why the fuck not is where i stand yeah. do it more let's often. do it with more games in the future yeah especially if people are going to play them anyway that's right and look once again look, it hits everything people are going to play it anyway so yes it's an easy win it's an easy pr spin but what okay all right initiative time mr mr betson yes god of war is coming out later in the year ragnarok what could they do kick throw an idea at me Okay. I don't like the idea of doing anything around Gran Turismo because that can only be bad for the yes, environment. Yes, that's not, that's not helpful. But uh, let's, let's uh, move on from that one. Okay, let's think. Ragnarok. So Ragnarok is the idea of the endless, win- endless winter. It's the end of all things. 
so either we're talking uh, end, end of all things mass genocide no that's not a good way to go down uh, global warming uh, ice age you know you know like the, the yet forever winter uh, they just plant more trees to nah, you know, the uh, with every time you get this particular trophy in God of War Sony will throw a bag of ice into the uh, Arctic uh, especially around uh, Norway <laughs> and that area um, just to help re uh, re ice the, uh, the the North Pole, the Arctic. Yeah, I can get around that. It's um really counterproductive. Well, like every time they'll just tip a freezer into the water, protect yeah. the power cord so it can just keep yeah. freezing the water that comes in. And then yeah, the water so floats yeah, away. so they bring the water out of that area, freeze it, and then throw it back in. And it, it, it is like granted, it's they're using the energy from the trees that they've grown. Over the trees the is going to help. Yeah, there's offsets everywhere. Here. Yeah, they're going to cut down those trees to to put into the steam powered machines that will be turning the water into ice. Uh, it's it, it's a really uh, just cyclical thing and then and the next game will come out and I'll be like oh well, we need to plant more trees again because we fucking burnt, pulled them all down to, to do the ice uh, look I don't, I'm not sure maybe maybe some sort of parenting society you know helping you know kids oh, without fathers uh, or something like that or helping repair some sort of father-son re- like relationship spaces I don't know you've nailed it I think that's the best one could be it what's the next story Patch? Capcom Countdown uh, I'm sure we've all seen this, and by the time this episode goes live, we'll be very, very close it's to having an answer. It's very close. Capcom is teasing some sort of announcement for the end of this week with the seven-day countdown timer that began a few hours ago, as of as uh, of uh, as, I, as of pulling this as of pulling this from Push Square. Uh, the page doesn't have anything else on it that could potentially hint at to what the this is all about, besides the black background and white text. It's set to expire. At 4 p.m. Monday, the 21st of Feb. So yeah, Australian, very, Eastern, very close. whatever time. Yeah, daylight time. As of when we record this, that is less than 24 hours away. Yeah. By the time you listen to this on free feeds, barely half a day. Um, which just so happens to coincide with the final day of Capcom's Pro Tour 2021-2022 season final, uh, the Premier League destination for competitive fighting games. Is it safe to assume that this is for Street Fighter Six? I think it is. Yeah, I think it is too. Yeah, it's pretty there's a lot of people talking Resident Evil because of you know leaks and all those sort of things we've seen in the past. But the fact that it syncs up with yeah. a Capcom fighting event, it just makes too much sense. Yeah, especially looks- apparently it's right near the back end. Like timing wise, it would be near the back end of what's planned for the day. So it's like a okay, let's celebrate the winner now. Boom, look at the screen. Yeah, and then like everyone is at the fighting game tournament. Like yeah, oh, it's Resident Evil Four remake. Fucking sick. Doesn't really, <laughs> doesn't really affect <laughs> what, me. But what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> like, read the room, Capcom. Fuck. Um, look, especially on the, you know, having have, having had a couple of Resident Evil games over the last number of years, like, there is clearly an appetite for Resident Evil, but it has been a very, very long time since we've seen Street Fighter V. So Street Fighter Six is and has to be right around the corner. Like, if those NVIDIA leaks are fucking taught as anything, it's coming, it's happening, and it makes sense to sort of have it around here. Not being a bit, not being a big Street Fighter fan myself, can't really give a fuck. But I do wonder, uh, Padge, knowing that Street Fighter Five did have some exclusivity uh, in oh, the PlayStation space, and with Sony's ownership of Evo, one of the biggest fighting tournaments, you see it happening again. Yeah, one hundred percent. Which will aggro audiences a little bit, but I think what when was Street Fighter Four? Was that 
No, five. Uh, five, sorry. Uh, I want to say like 16. Like 16. Like feels we've had a long ago. time to sit on this and obviously the exclusivity never broke. So I don't know. I think that's... And yeah, then you add Evo and those sort of things in the years since. I think that's given the, the fighting fans time to acclimatize the ID. Now, the only thing that could change that would be Capcom looking at its bottom line and determining, that, no, we still need to see this thing come out on Switch and Xbox or whatever the case happens to be. But... Fighting fans, like especially Street Fighter fans, they will go where wherever they need to go to play the game. Yeah. So if they don't have a PlayStation, they'll buy a PlayStation. Look, and I imagine that the franchise did receive some shit or didn't do as well. Uh, based well, five on, wasn't like, as good by, of a game anyway. Well, yeah, that was a very restricted at game at launch, but like having it be stuck to one platform probably didn't work in its favor. So I would imagine there would be an incentive to want to sort of throw it across other spaces. Um, but you know it's it would make like if they were to put it across multiple console uh, multiple uh, platforms sorry it wouldn't it would wouldn't surprise me even after coming off the back of exclusivity nexus underscore 2019 the chat goes yes it was you meant to say PlayStation all-stars and mcu crossover as an answer to the piles of smash bros being turned out by nintendo oh they was jumping in about something to do with that uh and then mullet uh the mullet show friend of the show uh is pitching that maybe ragnarok is the god of war mcu crossover event that would see kratos versus the hulk you know. I can get around that. So, like, he uh, Kratos walks into like a, a, a an arena, a sees Hulk, uh, you know, with uh, the Roman gear on, and he's like, "Hang on, Roman! Like, I did Greek mythology, but nice try, dude!" Bah! And they punch each other, and um, and but- it's also because Ragnarok's meant to be the final one in this little mm. um, godly arc. That's how you segue into the Roman. Like, okay, let's go take on some Roman gods or yeah. whatever. Just changing, changing mythologies. Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. Where, I don't even know where they're going to go after Ragnarok. Probably just, I think, Kratos no, uh, will go away for a while. Egyptian, maybe. Yeah, Egyptian. Egyptian. Cool. Some Asian gods. Yeah. Um, the Japanese ones, Chinese ones. Like, there'd be there's certainly fa- uh, some really fascinating place they could go with it. But yeah, no, you're bring, right. probably look, take a little bring break it to for Australia. While. Like, get involved with our with our indigenous culture, with our First just Nations people. Like, mash it out with the boxing kangaroo. Yeah, no, dr- no, dude. Dreamtime stories are fucking mad. Oh, like yeah, the, the dream, yeah, the Dreamtime one. Yeah, was it was a, the, yeah, it was bad timing for you to be making re- the, in, the indigenous one at the same time I was going with the boxing kangaroo joke because I'm not tr- at all trying to suggest the no, 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 no. For, like for me, I, I I think that would be dope. Like just because as far as I know, that level of mythology or storytelling especially from Australians indigenous people oh, have never been told in games before for anything yeah like oh I fucking love that shit I love that shit 100%. there'd be, there'd so be some really really cool stuff uh, <laughs> look something that most people weren't really looking forward to but it's here now I guess is Cyberpunk 2077 it has finally released its next gen version that's the PS5 version it is out now and as promised it is free to upgrade from the PS4 to the PS5 version if you have already owned the game when you do jump in on the PS5 it will tell you that it is a 95 gigabyte download but that is not the case however once it actually starts downloading it does drop to about 56 gig but then I believe it may unpack a little bit bigger on the back end as mentioned by cd project red the ps5 version of Cyberpunk 2077 features improved performance a ray tracing mode as lo- uh, as well as dual sense functionality it also comes with all of the additions and improvements by update 1.5 and oh there are a lot of things mentioned in that patch notes it's fucking long uh physical disc owners however are having challenges transferring it it seems uh also at the time of writing there is no trophy transfer feature 
Now, Max, we're very lucky. We did receive a review code of Cyberpunk from the team over at Bandlet Emco Australia. So for us, it was super easy to transfer over to the PS5 version. I know uh, Max had jumped into it over the week. Uh, I have not because with Forbidden West, I run out of storage space on my console. <laughs> so it'll have to wait. Uh, until you've got to download Fortnite. You've got to delete Fortnite, mate. I certainly do not room. have Fortnite on there. Yeah, look, I'm not. I'm not going back to it anytime soon. I, I might give it a, a chance at some stage, but I'm in no hurry. There's, there's too much going on. It was, it was such a weird time for them to, to launch this thing. Yeah, like it, it is. It's either two ways. Either they were cocky and confident enough to think that they could rule the conversation for a week. We can take over Horizon and Elden Ring. Or they're like, if we drop it now, it'll be buried by everything around it. Now, apparently they've got they've got plans for a DLC in a couple of months. So like now makes sense. Get it out now. Even if it gets lost in the news cycle, then in a couple of months they can they can go, hey, there's been enough time between the PS5, the, the, we've pro- the, ne- the promised next gen version. Here's the, di- here's the paid DLC like yeah. you know some of them are going oh shit like because i imagine for some it got, they may not have realized that there's a next-gen version available now um but i imagine those that kind of care probably have, have noticed but apparently it runs better it plays better um there's a bit more to it than before but uh i do think that game is forever burnt and i don't see it getting um much extra love yeah, yeah, good for them. Great, get your DLC out and then pack all this shit up and start working on The Witcher 4 for me, please. Yeah, or yeah, just remember everyone, they weren't the company you thought they were. You all got worked. They were just as shit as every other game's company. Sucks. Next up, Netflix br- brings in the rapture. Netflix has acquired the movie rights for 2K property Bioshock. <gasps> Netflix geeked confirmed the crossover on its Twitter account earlier today, stating... Netflix, 2K Games, and Take Two Entertainment, uh, sorry, Interactive, uh, partnering to produce a film adaptation of the renowned video game franchise Bioshock. A press release expands on Netflix's Bioshock announcement, confirming that the project will be produced by 2K and Vertigo Entertainment of Lego Movie fame. Netflix is among the best and most forward thinking storytellers in all of entertainment today, said Take Two boss Strauss Zelnick. We're thrilled that they share our vision and commitment to the Bioshock franchise, which is beloved by millions of fans around the world. 2K's Cloud Chamber Studio is deep in active development on the next iteration of the series. And coupled with our partnership with Netflix, we remain highly confident that Bioshock will continue to captivate and engage audiences like never before. Couple things to consider here, Patch. Uh, Netflix on a tear. Cuphead came out today, yeah. by the way. Oh yeah, apparently it's like kind of good. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. Now, is this them securing the rights so that they can tinker on it and see whether it's coming out? Because, like, an example, uh, we'll talk about it because I was going to talk about the start of the show, but I forgot. The Uncharted movie dropped this week after years and years and years of being lost in production. We'll get to that shortly. Um, But, like, is is this them buying the rights and they can sort of go, oh, we'll see how we can go about bringing this together? Uh, And two... Uh, which version of Rapture are we looking at here? Are we looking at the the post-destruction Rapture? You know, where you go on Big Daddies and little, little little sisters and the splices and stuff. Or are we looking at... Columbia. Uh, Columbia. Are we looking at the, the version that we saw? Uh, I haven't seen... I'm going off second-hand information here because having not played the DLC for Bioshock Infinite. Uh, the DLC in Bioshock Infinite, which showed uh, Rapture in its heyday when it was at its best and it was running and it was exciting and it was new and people were just starting to sort of splice and having you know, dipping their toes in that world. Uh, 
where, where do you think this is going to go? Look, it, it really does depend on what they're trying to go for as a show. If they're trying to go for something really suspenseful, then you're instantly thinking Rapture's the way to go. If they want it to be a little bit more action-centric, then you're thinking Columbia. It's, there, there is, and it was quite reflective even in the, the game experiences as well, is that the, the original Bioshock, and Bioshock 2 for that matter, were slower, more suspenseful, more methodical, whereas Bioshock Infinite was far more action centric and that was you know you had your sky hook and all those sorts of things that you could use like it was built that way to be a bit more of a shooter i suppose yeah um the world no less engaging in fact i i and it might be blasphemous but i almost prefer the world of columbia than than rapture but um yeah it really depends on i guess the tone they want to go for and and that will probably dictate where they go with it if they don't go for their own some other place i don't know atlantis yeah so look i'm with you i I would argue that um columbia would be a more visually interesting i guess in at least from a production standpoint because it's bright it's colorful it's a giant floating city like that's fucking cool like as a visual concept that's very very cool where rapture is sort of you know dark dreary sort of you know underwater location for me that would that implies like horror suspenseful sort of stuff which would be really really cool uh but you know a big part of that game is choice like how you respond as the big de- uh, you know you know for to the save little sisters or whatever you know even bioshock 2 when you're playing as a big daddy himself like there's a bunch of different things in that game that are so involved in choice i don't know how they would go from a narrative perspective now i understand that netflix has touched upon uh, storytelling in their movies and TV shows before where they could you could make a choice and take a path I think there was at least oh um, Bandersnatch yeah Bandersnatch was an idea like you know would they do something like that again god I hope not I don't know because I, I don't <laughs> I think Bandersnatch not, turned not out this. too well but if it's an example of like hey we're building this you know Bioshock game and he he gets to make a choice like do you save the little sister do you not and then the, the the series takes a different turn but like i think in terms of a production standpoint the level of steps that would be need to make to deliver that and i imagine they want to turn around this in a relatively shorter time uh, i don't see them going down that path specifically well shane thinks it'll be both he says in the chat i think it'll be both lost style flashbacks which wins me at my core because lost is the greatest television show ever made um, lost style flashbacks to the good times but following characters post societal collapse which could be interesting and yeah if you manage to kind of straddle both of those sort of worlds and explore them in weird different ways and obviously like, there's always a lighthouse like these worlds are connected we can mm. they can find ways to link them together um in ways that i guess the games didn't because they were still vacuums um yeah that you, you played in but as they, long as they, they don't do take that. the lost route and you find out there's a second rapture on a different island and there's a button and a cloud and a cloud monster that they never really kind of address or why was there a polar bear that's something that's kind of just excuse i just presume that you'll just forget um there look lost is cool but it's 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 fine yeah look the 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 mix between flashbacks i think i think it's really cool i think the idea of the big libertarian uh you know culture i think would be something that's very fascinating to talk about uh especially with the political space as it is right now i think it'd be fun to have a a show that is like there's lots of lot politically driven shows out there but i think not in this way does that make sense yep yeah i think it's a little bit different yeah this would be this would be really fascinating with kind of 
what Ken Levine and the team went for in the original with yeah. you know the Iron Rand and those sorts of themes that I don't know don't jive too well with a lot of uh, yeah current ways of thinking and can people actually separate the entertainment properly in this case it'll be interesting I guess we'll find out uh, and one Ken Levine will even be involved is another thing as well quick bits yeah, I mean between that and even his blessing on whatever cloud chamber is working on like who knows who I guess knows? he's still he's still working with 2k so there's no reason why he can't pop his two cents or at least in. have some sort of executive producer title as he yeah. comes in and overseas in the same Consultant, way that Neil, in the same way that Neil Druckmann is assisting with The Last of Us it would make sense I think especially if the you know because Last of Us is getting a lot of love right now uh, it's not even out yet and that people are thinking not, oh that, I guess that's not coming out this year yeah it like it's you know people it's still very hot around it's a very positive around and I think having the creator involved in, in that way may help them a lot more so it might be within their interest to have Ken Levine at least to win over um, the viewer viewer base as I said quick bits Gran Turismo 7 will require two Blu-ray discs on PS4 while just one on PS5 not like not new Uh, we saw this with Last of Us Part 2 we saw this with Red Dead Redemption uh, with the uh, the Horizon is two discs on PS4 oh is it really? Yep. Oh, there you go. So it's pretty common practice these days with games because with the Blu-ray disc used on a PS4, they are capping out at 50 gig if they're double layered. Uh, so if you're in a game that's any bigger than that, you're going to have to start double disking it. Boot disc, play disc. It's pretty cool. Sifu has a new Zero Death 22-minute speedrun slashing the previous, was it 44, 55, somewhere around there. Fucking hell. I don't know how you do it. It's absolutely insane. Uh, yeah jason schreier on twitter has uh sort of made a statement remaining confident that god of war ragnarok will still be hitting its 2022 release window uh still no confirmed time month quarter wherever it's coming out i'm still arguing october uh something like that yeah i'm supremely confident on that one i think the and jason's point maybe best highlights it that game is probably going to be okay for earlier this year if it weren't for the fact that horizon was in that slot yeah very much Uh, let's just push it back and give everyone time to breathe why not uh the uncharted movie which i was meant to talk about but we'll talk about it shortly the uncharted movie looks to be hitting a 45 million dollar opening weekend in the u.s and canada higher than its originally projected amount a positive start for the blockbuster to make a return on its 120 million dollar investment to, consi- to coincide with the movie's release, Fortnite will be, re- will be receiving two Nathan Drake skins, one of the game version and one of the movie version, alongside two copies of Chloe Fraser, the same game and movie. Patch, have you, have you gone and seen the Uncharted movie this week? Oh, I've seen one movie since before the pandemic, and that was, that was uh, Bond last year. So I am keen. It was part of uh, my birthday was just this past week. So it was part of my request to the wife that was like, hey, can we go see mm. what's probably going to be a really horrible take on a franchise that I adore? She said, you're a fool. Yes, okay, sure. So um, we'll, go, we'll go see it at some point, hopefully sooner rather than later, but no, not yet. So I went and saw it on Friday evening. Uh, so that what that, that was two days ago at time of recording, I went and saw it with uh, one of the other co co creators of the pop culturist Dylan Bowden. Uh, so there, this so for those that know, yeah, Uncharted movie has been in the works for years and years and years, and it's finally released, starring Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, Mark Wahlberg as Sully, uh, and it's about it is essentially an origin story, and or well, it is an origin story, and. 
it's actually not that bad. It depends what you go in going. Like I, my expectations were through the floor. I, they were so low coming into this. I was like, I bet you they're going to fucking butcher it. And, uh, they kind of did a look it's very much a different take on uncharted uh like it's not the nathan drake that we know it's not the sully that we know but it is a really it they touch they pull just enough of the characters out to really allow them to be a fleshed out in a second film and enough to sort of lay down some of the groundwork so it, so in this nathan drake is a bartender he's a little bit of a hustler petty thief stealing you know bracelets and stuff to sort of get by uh he is spotted by sully uh in, in, in said bar to be like hey i've got this big job coming up that i want you to get involved with turns out it's a job that you and your brother sam have been wanting to do for years and years and years so sam is set up in this as well which italians uncharted for uh you know there's a little, he sprinkles earlier in that as well um so there's a little bit of touches from a couple different games and then it's them going on this adventure to find this uh lost treasure uh for this dude that one of the first people to ever sail around around the world uh we we see antonio banderas as the main villain uh you know and he is the family the the sort of the next in line member that that believes the treasure is his and in true uncharted fashion he's the sort of villain in the back sort of pulling the strings not really getting too involved in all the nitty until sort of the very end uh it, a couple of things it does not have the supernatural twist that we saw in at least the first three uncharted games um which is interesting i was kind of hoping there'd be a cool little like where they're going to go down that route uh they really do bring that blockbuster action uh i think for many this could all like because one of the things that they're like well why would we want to bring out uncharted where uncharted is literally just indiana jones this is this generation's could this could has potential to be this generation's indiana jones yeah okay all right like in terms of like pretty cool set pieces like there is they, they did it didn't quite have the banter that we see in sully and 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 nathan uh mostly because they're very early in their relationship which was interesting but i think as as the movie progresses their their banter gets better and by the end they're bouncing each other in a very similar fashion to the game so i imagine in the next one they'd be able to really channel that uh and like yeah it's got great action set pieces i was saying so sort of like cool fight scenes there's the big scene at the end which you see in the trailer which is the the pirate ships being flown across the ocean and bushing into each other and stuff uh it's it was pretty pretty cool like the start of the movie is very focused on the character development of of nathan and sam specifically and then bringing in sully a little bit there and sort of that is one of the big uh things that the threads through the whole story um but then the action when the action does sort of kick in it does a pretty good job so there's only two major plot points or set pieces that they pull from the games one of them being the plane sequence from uncharted 3 and the pirate ship hidden in a cove from 4 other than that like there's no train sequence from 2 there's no gotta save that one yeah there's no big car sequence from four you know there's like and once again there's no supernatural stuff so like a bit for things from one two and three aren't involved like oh, it, we're not gonna have a roided out lazarevich that you shoot five thousand times and still won't die no so thank, thankfully ah. no which was which was fine but one of the things they did bring in was a little side character of chloe fraser so chloe we know from uncharted 2 she's in this and the woman that they have cast 
uh, did a really good job. So she has like a, a just enough look to her to look like uh, Chloe Fraser, but they've also brought in a woman who has a because so uh, Chloe uh, sorry Claudia Black who does the voice uh, of Chloe Fraser uh, has this her history uh, her racial history is Indian Australian and British, so she has this real kind of fucked up weird accent, and the woman that they've cast has an Australian accent, but has these weird twangs that seek in here and there. And it's like, yeah. like, it, like in terms of attention to detail, that is a really good one. I kind of didn't see them pulling. Uh, so that caught I my... I mean, I didn't even know Chloe was going to be in it, so... Yeah, and like... So, oh, spoilers. Uh, you know... If, yeah, like, yeah, I haven't seen this shit. Before. Oh, it's in, the, it's, in the tra- it's in the trailer, so there you oh, go. Oh, well, shit, okay, it must have um, Yeah, so that's a really, really nice touch. It's sort of like, it's, a, it's an unnecessary sprinkle of detail, but it's enough to go, oh, shit, okay, you've put some thought into it. And here's one potential spoiler I'll, I'll ask you about. Does does Nate play Crash Bandicoot at all? No, no, he doesn't. Oh. And oh. in the trailer, there is a shot with Marky Mark and a moustache. Not in the final cut of the movie. Just saying. Oh. So that was interesting. Uh, unlike the game itself, where uh, Nathan Drake has the largest kill count in any game ever, uh, he doesn't actually shoot anyone until the final sequence. Uh, when he puts on the holsters and that's when he gets the full Nathan Drake outfit. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, I'll work with that. Um, look, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't like, like I didn't like, I, I, once I think low expectations played a huge role, but, uh, I ended up enjoying myself. I'm not going to, I would probably pick it up on Blu-ray when it comes out. I would watch it again. Uh, Tom Holland delivered a different version of himself compared to say like Spider-Man uh, which was good because I was worried that he's going to sort of just play the same sort of typecast character yeah. in the same way you see like Michael Sarah and like Jonah Hill and like all these you know Seth Rogen all these actors that kind of you go oh you're just going to play that okay cool there's a little bit different here uh, the fight sequences are really really cool uh, some of the puzzles were like I saw them coming from like a mile away I was like well are you really going to okay you're going to do that um but like that was okay overall it has potential i think it, it seems to be doing pretty well which is fantastic i do hope it, it does well enough to get a sequel because i would like to see you know sort of uh some more characters come out which would be really really nice uh you know we might start seeing elena or maybe even you know other side characters which would be really really cool can um, we get noel north in to act like just take a role of someone he's he um he na- uh, narrates the audiobook. Yeah. As we've learned. Well, I won't comment on, oh, shit. on oh, Nolan shit. North. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. We're not talking about the movie anymore. Look, Get I, out. Listen, I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend you go check it out just for funsies. Look, if you bought the fucking updated version, just get the free ticket and go see it. Why not? Uh, the PlayStation Australia didn't come through with the goods and tell us what the best-selling PS4 games of the week were. There's a surprise. Yeah. Look, their Twitter feed has been bombarding Horizon shit, so it makes total sense why they wouldn't uh, drop these out. So here are the new releases coming to your PlayStation machines uh, over the next week. Uh, you got Monster Crown on the 22nd on PS4. Truck Driver Premium Edition on the PS5, also on the 22nd. Sam and Max, this time as virtual, uh, coming to the PSVR on the 23rd of Feb. Martha is Dead is coming to the PS5. Controversial PS5, title, that Controversial. One. The censored Martha is Dead coming on the 24th of February. And the 25th of February, you've got a handful of things. you got LTS Sophie, uh, Sophie 2, The Alchemist of the Mysterious Dream, coming on PS4. Elden Ring, coming to PS4 and PS5. Uh, 
Grid Legends on PS5 and PS4, Monarch on PS5 and PS4, and that is all the games coming to your PlayStation. Now, uh, Padge, I imagine Elden Ring will be the only one of major note that you'll be checking out. Um, look, I mean, I'm not the one, and we've gone social media public with that. Steven is playing Elden Ring for us for review. Um, I don't know if I'll play it myself just because Souls games and yeah. I haven't had a good relationship over the years. And when I played the game for a preview late last year, I still wasn't feeling super boyish, uh, buoyed about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, if I happen to end up with a way to play it, then I'll play it. If not, it doesn't matter. Horizon's already the goatee, so... Yeah, look, good. at least for myself, uh, I'm, look, I'm, I wouldn't, Martha is Dead has my attention, only, uh, sorry, has my attention only because of its controversy. I'm like, ooh, what's so fucking gnarly about it that it needs to be censored? Um, I'm not going to play it though. Uh, Elden Ring, this is probably the only major one to come out this week, but I'll be spending this week playing Forbidden West. Uh, I know Max will be very uh, erect for Elden Ring. And so he's shitting himself. Yeah, he'll have, a, he'll have a lot to say next week. And that's primarily where we're going to really drink. Because part of the part of the handshake agreement was that he would play Elden Ring, I would play Horizon, so we're not having to both bombard ourselves over the couple of weeks to really smash both. And plus, I'm trash at Soulsborne games. So uh, there is that. But that does bring us to the end of the show, Padge. Thank you for coming in at relatively late notice to oh, uh, good, come and chat. I do really appreciate it. So it was, it's always fun having you on. Uh, I said, there's a reason that you that you are the most recurring guest on For the Players because it's an yeah, always, cop that, Jono. It's always a pleasure to have you on. No, it's it's been good to be back on the show. It was it was nice to dip the toes in with more of the players. The debut of that recently, but the core product is always it's always a blast. And uh, if you thought that I wasn't going to get through a whole episode without referencing the famous Crash Bandicoot stream, you got another thing coming. How good was that back in 2018, oh, 19? That was 18. Uh, that was, was a long, long time, ago. time ago. But look, okay, yeah. <laughs> look, hopefully you see, you'll see more of Padge around for the players, uh, at least this year in the Lopes and Scopes of more of the players. Uh, you know, with, without, with Paul not having a platform to talk PlayStation much anymore, I'll have him I here. That shit up. I'll have him here any, any time that he can, uh, whether it be more of the players, for the players, whatever. Look, we may be in talks about working some other businessy things together so we can sort of spend more time making cool shit uh with each other is a I'll lot own you. there's a lot of things in the works yeah if acquisitions are fucking all around this place who knows will that will uh will will the pop culturist acquire Pe- paul james probably not <laughs> points for effort though if you yeah. can but we might we might do a playstation discord and just put a solid investment in it so we at least get to have a say what he's doing oh <laughs> uh, yes very nice no we'll see what we'll do there's, 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 we'll have some, hopefully have some cool things. Creative thinking. But Padge, uh, before I do the, the spiel on the way out, uh, where can they find you? Paul James Games on Twitter um, to kind of see, I guess, all the moment to moment stuff and a lot of photos that are posted by my, or taken by my incredible wife, who's a professional photographer that then I uh, just flaunt on social media whenever I get an opportunity. Um, Beyond that, though, I'll be promoting Dev Diary all the time. Dev Diary, for anyone who's not familiar, is my fortnightly podcast where I interview game developers from throughout the globe, around the globe even, um, and they share their experiences in game development. I've had some really cool guests over the course of the year and a couple big ones coming over the next month that are going to be of interest to people who are fans of PlayStation, specifically. Um, 
certainly like if you're a fan of long claws um i'll be but i'll I'll, yeah but i'll I'll not say anything more about that um you can you can catch the episode when we record it and when it goes live sometime in the future um yeah so dev uh, Dev, uh, sorry dev diary every fortnight the player two website itself uh at the moment our lead editor matt hewson is out for a couple weeks he's uh gotten an operation on his hand to finally fix up issues he had there um was jerking it too hard and so issues issues arose um that's not true at all sorry man <laughs> um so at the moment myself uh steven and jess as the the next tier down have risen to the top it's my time to shine and we're pumping stuff out so you'll be seeing a lot of me over the course of the next roughly fortnight or so while matt's gone as we attempt to hold the damn wall together yeah, so Huzo has been absolutely nothing but lovely to us in the time we've known him. So we wish you the smoothest recovery, dude. Uh, and uh, we know, yeah, you've been wanting... You, your hands have been giving you fucking grief for actual years. So I'm very happy to hear that he's finally been able to get the surgery that he needs. It's it's a good time. And um, I'm sorry for whatever fucking Paul does over these couple of weeks. <laughs> Look, uh, normally when he's away for any reason, whether it's just a holiday or whatever, I just... He hates, he despises, like a lot of people do, Nickelback. So every single time <laughs> he announces he's going to be out for a little while, you know, that's it. I'd make sure to quote tweet the whole thing and with a Nickelback gif because, of course, you would. You're just going to poke the bear and make him think that I'm going to do something horrible. But in fact, uh, it'll be the best two weeks the site's ever had. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, let's get let's send this bastard home. This PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on your podcast services, 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you want to join the conversation, you can head over to our social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord. All those links are in the description below. If you want to join the conversation as it happens, you can by heading over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures, where you can watch us record this show live, where you can jump in the chat and become part of the show. If you want to support the show, you can tell your friends, tell your family about this playstation pod if you are listening to us on podcast services be sure to give us a five star rating and a written review which you can now do on spotify if you want to support the show financially you can at patreon.com slash the pop cultures or our merchandise store where we can buy shirts other sort of shit with our logos on it or you can help support the brands that help support us, including the man, the, 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 the Manscaped, including Manscaped. Head over to au.manscaped.com. We're using the promo code FTP. You can save yourself 20% off uh, and uh, get some free worldwide shipping on all your dick grooming tools. Oh, fucking vagine. You grooming trimming. tools. Whatever yeah. you want to do. Fuck, whatever area you choose to trim, you can do it with said tools. But... Until next week, I'm Ryan Betson. And I'm Paul James. And we'll see you then.